What have we here? Welcome to the wonders of Thedas. Welcome to the Wonders of Thetis podcast, your one-stop shop for all your Dragon Age role-playing game needs. My name is Ren. I'm still Jessica. And I am the cousin and new player guinea pig, Natalie. Indeed. Welcome, welcome Natalie. Thank you. She's uh, been my cousin for as many years as she's been alive, which is pretty good. And she's a lot of fun to have around. We're hoping to explain to her why this game is so cool. She has a very valuable viewpoint in this particular episode, because today we're going to be talking about how you play the Dragon Age role-playing game. And, Natalie, you've never played the Dragon Age. I know nothing. Know nothing, exactly. (laughs) You know no things. (laughs) And that's cool. That is cool. We accept everybody of all experience levels here. Mm -hmm. So, we've got a lot to talk about today, so we're going to jump right into it. Uh, First, we're going to open our books to the Dissonant Verses. Do you ever wonder what lies at the edges of the map, past the seas? No. I think we have enough to worry about on this continent. (laughs) Of course, but... Uh, today we're going to be talking about some fan-made content, then this one is kind of a big one. May, uh, many folks in the community are already aware of this one, but for those of you who aren't, it is definitely worth checking out to see if it is right for your campaigns. It is a rather hefty contribution from the fans. We are, of course, speaking of the Esoterica from Thetis series of PDFs that were written by, here they come, Doug Newton-Walters, Ginny Krieg, Anthony Jurd, Eric Oliver, Alex Rogers, Kim Ree, an inspiration for members of the old Green Ronin boards, Gamer's Dad, Saisei, Theodore Kalimov, and the Ducks. Also, uh, apologies if we got your name wrong. We've only got text to go off of. Right. These uh, these, um, these PDS were written, goodness, like back when Dragon Age still came in boxes. That uh, was like back 2012, maybe. Uh, probably, honestly, probably a little bit sooner than that. But... These folks uh, made a, cre- a collection of PDFs. There are four of them. They contain a treasure trove of alternate rules for the Dragon Age role-playing game. They add detail to weapons and armor. They make uh, add more materials to make them out of. They add new rules for adversaries and NPCs. A citizen class, a fourth class for the average Thedosian. Uh, an herbalism system. Ooh. Rules for encumbrance, injuries... Uh, changes to talents to accommodate the new rule sets that they write, and even extra specializations and backgrounds, and that is the tip of the iceberg. I, I really like the idea of the herbalism system, personally. I think that that's something that... I mean, I love the simplicity of this game, but herbalism would have been a really nice thing to have added in, because that can be such a large part of the uh, video game itself. And it I think that would have been that would have been really neat. And they really go into it. Like the folks who made these PDFs, like did some real research on how real herbalism works. They oh, like geez. they like go into like how oils, tinctures, honey, and beeswax, and they actually and each all other recipes include like actual instructions for making it. Wow, wow, it's interesting. And also, uh, I could see for a group that's more used to a more complicated system that adding these things in could really make the gameplay a bit more familiar. They had, a, they had a lot of detail to this game, and they even go into like, talking about all the uh, different materials you can make things out of. They go to talking about all the ingredients for herbalism and poison making. They have an entire PDF that's just about organizations of people and the we benefits use that of joining one. them. We do use that one. Let's see. There are so there are four enormous PDFs that you can find on the Esoterica from Thetis uh, thread that is on Green Ronin's Dragon Age forums still, and people are still talking about it today. Uh, and you can find, or we're going to also, also be posting a link to the PDFs on our blog. So please take, take a look, and uh, you can use the uh, thread on the Green Running forums to let people know what you think. 
And also, if you'd like to let us know about some custom Dragon Age RPG content, or even send us your own, send a message to oneisathetispodcast at gmail.com, or send a personal message to Caught the Protector, that's me, on the Green Ronin forums. Giddy! <laughs> We're being joined by Boogles. Also no <laughs> <Yep>. experience. <laughs> also no experience with Dragon Age role-playing games. Well, he's sat on the uh, maps quite yeah. a few times. Eating, he doesn't also have any experience with eating with utensils, um, going on <laughs> walks that aren't insane. Yeah, he he does not care for the leash, but he needs it because he's stupid and will get run over. Boogles yeah. is our second animal companion we'll be bringing in, uh, along with Boots. Yes, although this one's alive. This one's alive and, and squirming right now. And squirming. Oh, there he goes. So you might hear him moving around. But um, Boogles, Boots, and everybody else aside, especially all the folks who haven't played Dragon Age, welcome. We're going to go ahead and move to our main topic for today. And Boogles is going to jump on stuff. Here we go. <laughs> Is it fate or chance? I can never decide. So you've got this cool-looking game about Dragon Age, and you'd like to play it. You've played the video games, or read the books, or maybe just have a bunch of uh, loud friends who are very excited to play a game, and they're like, Hey, you should come play this with us, too. And you're like, Yeah, sure. <laughs> you sound so hairy. <laughs> but what do I do? We're all very... We're, RPGs are very excitable folks. But yes, how do you do that? Where do you begin? And how does the game work? We're going to walk you guys through the basics of the Dragon Age role-playing game. It's relatively simple, so when you pick it up, it all builds on top of itself nicely. Yeah, we've uh, we've said before that while many people find themselves very much overwhelmed when they start role-playing with things like the 3-5 system... Or uh, 3.0, or any any other really really complex system, the streamlined factor that this system has makes it an excellent way to get your toes wet. We've said that before, and we'll probably say it again. It's just it's so good for beginners. It's definitely it was uh, built with a lot of, with beginners in mind, and uh, folks who master it can really get really very far deep in. Uh, but first things you're going to need to get before you start playing, you're going to want to get character sheets. The character sheets are physical records of your character. That includes their name, their aspirations, maybe even art of them. Some character sheets include spaces for you to draw them. Uh, and, of course, they'll include their statistics, which you're going to need. There's a free download for a character sheet, two-page character sheet on Green Ronin's website in the Dragon Age pages. And if you go on our blog and you go to the page Where Can You Get Started on Dragon Age, we've included a link to a collection of fan-made character sheets, some of which are Excel spreadsheets that generate the character sheet for you. There's some nifty stuff out there. Mm-hmm. You guys have made some cool things. Oh yes, as we've already mentioned, you know, we have a lot of we have a lot of cool folks. But um, after that, once you've got the character sheet, you're going to want pencils and perhaps some scratch paper or a calculator because this game does involve a bit of math. And I can't math. Then calculator is good, or a friend who maths. Or nice. a friend who maths. Yes. Yes. Also, the paper means you can draw silly things about your character while things are happening, and then. If, somebody, some people do if something stupid happens, you can put up the character's face with doing something stupid, and it's it's good. <laughs> Sounds about as important as a calculator. Exactly. It really is. <laughs> All right. Well, because you're playing a role-playing game, you're definitely going to want some dice. Oh, yes. This game uses three six-sided dice, or I'll probably be referring, three, be referring to them as three D6s. It doesn't have to hurt to have a few extras as well, but at least one of those dice must be a different color, or at least be distinguishable from the others, because that die is called the dragon die. Is very important. Ooh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's important. Need Super this. important. You'll we'll need to use this die for a lot of things in the Dragon Age RPG. So make sure you know which one is which. 
Let's Let's see. And Uh, uh, definitely have extra dice, because you'd be surprised how easily they get lost if you have not played with dice before. Yes. It's one of those things that just happens, is somehow they will just magically disappear for a while and then come back a few hours later. And if you have a cat, maybe get five more. (laughs) Yeah, especially if you got this cat. (laughs) Let's see. If you are playing a role-playing game, you're probably going to need more than just yourself. Uh, You're going to need to get some extra players. A typical group is usually about four players, uh, give or take one or two, and one game master. The three other players are going to be playing the game with you by making characters of their own, and the game master is going to run the game. If your game master, if your game master has decided that they're going to use maps and miniatures to show a scene, um, which you should definitely ask your GM about, you're going to want to get a miniature of some kind. You can usually improvise. You can usually improvise, but it's generally it's a lot of fun to get a miniature. Mm-hmm. Dice work if you don't. I mean, not everybody's got the money to go get a mini. But there are some really cool places to get minis. I'm such a sucker for minis and mini painting, I'll tell you right now. Oh, yeah. But um, there are tons of sites online. A lot of the, like, three of the big ones are Reaper minis. they got the figure finder that'll tell you exactly, you can put in exactly what you're looking for, and they'll show you minis. Uh, WizKids has some good stuff, and my personal favorite, I just got a mini from these guys today in the mail, and I am stoked. Hero Forge. If you've got the extra money in your pocket, you can go to Hero Forge and absolutely customize your character and customize the pose and what they're wearing and what they're holding and get it made out of whatever material you want and then have it sent to you. And it is just fantastic. You will not be disappointed. I am in love with these minis. So if I want a super cool Hero Forge mini, how much money do I need to have? Uh, Hero Forge is usually going to, if you want to get one that's of the strong type, you know, like the strong plastic, that's usually, I think, 15, 16. But uh, the one I just got was with the new gray plastic that is currently sold out because it was so popular. That ran me with shipping 31. So it is a lot to pay for a single mini, but given what they're doing for you and letting you completely customize... For those of us, especially those of us who are a little tired of having our female characters wearing nothing, it's worth the cost. Just saying. You get exactly what you ask for. It's really cool. Now, uh, you are not required to have a map in Dragon Age. You guys don't need to have a map, and you don't need to be tracking where your characters are standing or how far they're moving. The game works just fine with or without them. Just so you guys know, that if you would want to play in the theater of the mind, as it were, Dragon Age works just as well with that as it does with miniatures. That being said, miniatures are fun. Minis are cool. You can paint them. You can paint them. You should paint it's them. It's almost a little jingle. It was. It was kind of... Minis are cool. You can paint them. Awesome. <laughs> All right. You're going to want a comfortable place to play as well. You guys are going to be sitting around for a couple hours, so make sure that you guys are going to be comfortable. You want to, you're definitely going to want a big table, lots of chairs around it. Hopefully the place is not going to have a lot of disruptions and be fairly quiet, and you won't get in anyone's way by being there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also never hurts to have food and drink covered, as these games can take several hours. Uh, don't spill don't spill them on the character sheets, please. I'm going to disagree with that entirely. It is not a real character <laughs> sheet until you have spilled something on it. <laughs> You're also going to find that gamers are a very superstitious. Gamer lot. truth. Gamer truth. Gamer truth. Mm-hmm. It has to have stuff spilled on it before it's a legit <laughs> character sheet. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, as regards having food, this is just something that I think is really cool. Have stuff that's themed. Oh, like definitely. Themed yeah. stuff with the Dragon Age. Now you have uh, that recipe section. We are very blessed as Dragon Age players that we have a book 
for Dragon Age that actually has recipes from the Dragon Age universe, so you can actually cook them and bring them to the game and be like, we are super in character now, guys. Live it's, the game. It's Eat so the cool. game. Eat oh, the game. Yeah. And it's tasty. They're tasty things, too. Mm. So Made many these little, cakes. These little pancakes with uh, dried fruit inside them. They're super cool. Nice. I love them. Super tasty. They're very tiny. They're There's little, a spaghetti squash one. Oh, yeah. They may have the spaghetti, spaghetti squash, squash recipe too. and all kinds of great it's stuff. It's good stuff. There. Anyway, I thought that was cool. So, um, getting into the game itself, uh, you're playing Dragon Age. Dragon Age is going to be uh, adventures that are broken down into encounters, which are short scenes where you guys are handed an obstacle. The GM gives you guys something that is obstructing you, and you tell him what, tell him or her or them what you would like to do. There are three kinds of encounters. Combat is the most immediately dangerous type of encounter. Your characters will draw steel and clash against foes who wish to end your lives. Exploration is when heroes must usually discover something that's hidden or traverse a dangerous environment. This could be an investigation, questioning witnesses, safely navigating a swamp filled with poisonous creatures, or sneaking past a sleeping dragon. You know, like you do. (laughs) All in a day's work. Exactly. Uh, Role-playing encounters are characterized by other characters. When violence isn't the best way for your heroes to get what they need, they, uh, these are accomplished when, uh, with by using words. These encounters are conversations with kings, talking down angry Templars, solving strange riddles given by talking doors, <laughs> or other encounters that require interaction with the world around the heroes that does not involve drawing steel. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, these things can uh, mix together, and often do with some of the best encounters, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. where, say, you're fighting somebody and trying to convince them to not kill you while you are on an ice bridge. And about to fall off to your death thousands of feet below. That would be a little bit of everything. Falling off a whole mountain. (laughs) One whole mountain. That's a lot of mountain. So, all those are going to play out in a similar fashion. Game Master is going to give you guys a situation and you tell them what what you would like to do. Now, in most cases, the GM will ask what you do and you'll say, you know, like, I do this thing. And you do that thing. And the GM will be like, cool, you did the thing. But if it ever comes to question that you could actually accomplish something, then we roll what is called an ability test. And usually it'll be something like that, because everybody, even things they think they know, they flub them up sometimes. Mm -hmm. So even for things that you're very good at, I have a character that's very good at persuading people, I still have to roll it, because there's a chance I'll roll three ones and, like, trip over my tongue and accidentally say a swear in someone else's language. (laughs) You never know. So, your character has eight abilities on that character sheet we mentioned. And you will be using them all the time. An ability test calls for you to roll your 3d6s and to add your ability rating. You add the whole number. Uh, if your character has the ability focus that the GM calls for, you will add 2 to your roll. So, for an example, your character wants to soothe an anxious horse. Because the horse is in great distress from witnessing a darkspawn attack, and you need the horse to escape said darkspawn <laughs> attack, the GM oh calls for your character to make a communication hand- animal handling test. That's fun, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, your character has a communication of two, and they took the animal handling focus because they grew up on a farm. Uh, you roll your 3d6s, you get a total of 12 on your dice. You add your ability of two, and a further plus two because you have the focus that the GM asked for, and your total is 16. The GM has a target number for you to meet or exceed, and you did. The GM tells you that you succeeded in calming down the horse, and you leap on the horse to escape. That's good stuff. Practically the rest of the Dragon Age role-playing game builds off of the ability test. If you master this one thing... This holy grail of mechanics. You will master everything else. Everything Does that else. make sense so far? Yep. 
Yeah, everything sh- everything snaps into place on top of an ability test, and everything else uses ability tests. So mm-hmm. once you've got that, you've got everything. Is there any limit to the different abilities? Is there a standardized set? Yes. Or okay. Yes, there are eight abilities: uh, communication, constitution, cunning, dexterity. Let's see, magic, strength, mm-hmm. and willpower. Okay. We'll help you cover... Perception. You oh, perception. I did forget perception. I got seven abilities. I'm fired. You're fired. I'm fired. I don't get to run this podcast anymore. How do you and take recording over? Now. I win! <laughs> I mentioned you should take over. Oh. Oh, okay. Uh, wow. <laughs> Sudden, violent takeover. Okay, I'm taking you back. What? No! <laughs> you didn't even give me a chance! So, when you roll the 3d6s... Uh, Basic, uh, the most basic way it's going to go is the GM tells you you succeed or you fail. If you roll higher than the target number you need, you succeed. But if you also roll the same number, you also succeed. If you roll lower, that means you failed. However, um, your roll can tell you a lot more than whether or not you just succeeded or failed. So do not swipe the dice off the table yet. And also, oh, yeah. also that's a huge golden rule for Dragon Age. Don't pick up those dice yet. If you rolled the dice, keep them on there for a second. Because the GM might have questions about what you rolled. We do that frequently. So... If any of the dice that you roll on the ability test are the same number, you generate stunt points. Cool things happen. Nice. Yeah. Get a lot of cheers around the table when uh, two when two of the numbers that you roll are the same. You can spend these stunt points on performing uh, acts that go above and beyond what the test originally called for. As part of the earlier example, say that the player who's uh, calming the horse rolled doubles on his communication animal handling test. The player looks to see that they rolled a five, a five, and a two. This means that they generate stun points on that roll. If they rolled two twos, they'd still generate stun points. If they rolled three of the same number, they'd still generate stun points. If they rolled two of any other number, they'd still get stun points. Now, to know how many stun points you generate, you look at your dragon die. That's super important dragon die. Mm-hmm. The dragon die is going to tell you exactly how many stun points you get on the test. And that's that's important because there's been confusion about that before. The number of stun points you get is not necessarily the number that you got that you rolled twice. If, say, in this example, they rolled two fives and the two was on their dragon die, then they got two stun points, Correct. even though the doubles were fives. Mm-hmm. All, and all that matters is what's on the on the dragon die. Yes. So if the dragon die were one of the fives, you would get five stun points. Exactly. Yes. Woo! Can't tell you how many times I've rolled six, six, one, and you'll never guess which one the one was. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you do have to spend these stun points right away on the test you rolled. You can't save them for later. That's an important thing to know about stun mm-hmm. points. We're going to talk a lot more about stun points later on. We're going to have oh, yeah. a whole episode about them because they're super cool. But for now, page 54 of the core rulebook has combat stunts. Page 106 has spell stunts. And page 133 includes exploration and role-playing stunts. The reference in the back of the core book also lists all the stunts together. It's a rather large list. I think I, just, I counted it. It's like 39 stunts total. But your GM may limit the number of stunts that are available at the beginning of the game. Not everyone has exploration and role-playing stunts available right away because they want to gradually like roll into it. Mm-hmm. They just want to get used to the combat and the Roll spells. Into it. <laughs> Oof. With the dice. Oof. Now you're fired. Now oh. you're fired. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm rehiring myself. <laughs> <laughs> she she can't do that. She, li- me. she lives here. Finally, the GM may want to know how well you succeeded on your test. We'll look again at that lovely, wonderful dragon die. Uh, it, is, it is also used to indicate the degree of success, uh, with a one on the die meaning that you succeeded by the skin of your teeth, and the six meaning that you succeeded gloriously. Uh, the GMA adjusts the outcome based on the success of your role. Oh, important thing. Didn't we just uh, rediscover the fact that if you have an ability focus, it does get added to the amount of success you have Correct. on the dragon die? It does. In determining how much success you get, once you hit level 6, 
if you have the focus okay. for the test that you are rolling, you add your focus bonus. So that guy with the animal handling, since he has that focus, once he's hit level six and you know run away from a lot of dark spawn on a lot of different horses. <laughs> many horses. Many horses. That's his whole event. It's his whole campaign is just getting on horses to run away from Darkspawn. Fifth blight. Exciting. Exciting <laughs> stuff. But he gets to add his plus two from his animal handling focus onto the success of the roll. So even if you roll the three on the dragon die, he would consider that a five because he adds plus two from his focus. For success, for the level of success only, not for the number of. Uh, Correct. It doesn't actually change else. the number that rolls up and it comes up on the die. Oh, except for the fact that it does because the focus. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> We're Great. explaining this so clearly. How to play the Dragon Age role-playing game. Well, you know, the number's kind of there, but it's also kind of not. It's Schrodinger, Schrodinger's that focus bonus. <laughs> That's not how Schrodinger works. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. But, um, so ability tests, those ability tests, those lovely ability tests are going to come in three different kinds of flavors. The first one is the basic ability test, which is what we just talked about. You roll a test, the GM tells you whether you succeed or not, you might roll stunts, and the GM might need to know how well you succeeded. Beyond that, there are two other kinds of tests that you will roll. They work pretty much the same, but they have slightly different particulars. Uh, the second kind is called an opposed test. Someone or something is struggling against you, and you need to see if your efforts overcame theirs or not. Uh, you're going to roll an ability test just like above, but the GM is also rolling the same test. Uh, whoever rolls higher is the winner. So if you and some tough at a bar are going to have an arm wrestling competition, uh, both of you are, both you, the player, and the GM are going to roll a strength might test. (laughs) (laughs) The cat is, uh... Draw me like one of your French girls. Yep, one of those. (laughs) One of those times. Quite the pose there. So, um, you know, if you're rolling an adorable cute test against the cat, and you roll higher, then you are more adorable cute than the cat. Which will not happen in this case. Unfortunately not. There's no ador- there's no adorable stat. <laughs> also, the cat's pretty cute. Wait for Blue Rose. Maybe it'll, maybe that'll happen. I don't know. That's very likely. <laughs> I can't wait for Blue Rose. That's going to be cool. Um, but if you happen to tie with whoever you're rolling against, whoever's the high, whoever has the highest dragon die result wins. If that still is a tie, whoever has the highest ability rating wins. So if you and the tough and the bar both roll a total of 12 on the dragon, on the 12 on the test, um, you both look at the dragon die. If you both roll the three on the dragon die, then you uh, take a look at whoever's the higher ability rating. Um, if you have a four strength and they have a three strength, then you win the test. If it's still a tie after that, then... Actually, her. don't you check for focus after that? No, actually. Oh. The, the book, uh, I guess you could. That's that's going to be one of those things where the GM has to call it after that. Because by that point, as far as far as we know, make her help you. You might as well. Um, usually, well, I'll, I'll just usually ask to call for the roll again. Some GMs might ask who if you, one of you has the focus. If you both have the focus after that. Yeah, then, then you're pretty much. Then roll again. <laughs> um, after that is a very special kind of test called an advanced test. Sometimes rolling only once doesn't feel quite right for completing a task. If you're, say, uh, participating in a race or you're in a library uh, shuffling through dusty tomes trying to understand complex uh, theories of the fade, it may be... Whatever this is, it's complicated and it takes a long time to complete, uh, so it feels more appropriate to do an advanced test. Advanced test is essentially a tally on how long it takes you to succeed at something. They represent races, uh, races of the woods, building ships, climbing mountains, navigating swamps. Uh, something that requires time and work to complete. Something that doesn't feel quite right just rolling the die once and being like, okay, you did it. Mm-hmm. Those five days of hard work. Look at that. <laughs> right all, there. All in a couple seconds. Here's your master's degree. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, each test that you roll is going to say, so 
Lieutenant, you are still going to roll ability tests just like before. The GM is going to ask you for a specific ability and a specific focus if you have it. And you'll roll the 3d6s, add your ability, add the focus bonus if you have it. Um, and the GM will have a target number for you. But each test is going to take a certain amount of time as determined by the GM. Each time you succeed, you add your Dragon Dice result to your success. Uh, you continue to make tests and add your successful rolls Dragon Dice results until you reach what is called the success threshold. Once you meet that threshold, you have succeeded at your task. As an example, the heroes have to get through the Kokari Wilds. On they, that horse. On that horse. Away that from they, the dark spawn. Away from the dark spawn. <laughs> the GM calls for an advanced cunning navigation test, target number 13, with a success threshold of 10. The GM informs the players that each test represents four hours of travel through trackless woodlands and having to deal with you know deep swamps, poisonous creatures, and scary sounds coming out of the woods. The player makes a roll and rolls a total of 14 with a 5 on the dragon die. They succeed on the target number 13 test, and their success is 5, which means they're halfway to the success threshold of 10. So have to keep an eye on how much success you get on that dragon die, because you'll be keeping it, uh, keeping a running tally to see how long it takes you to finish. Yeah. Level 6 and beyond, having that focus to add in is going to help you a lot. It does. Um, the next roll that they roll is only an 11. The GM informs the player that for that test, they wander the forest aimlessly for about 4 hours with no success. Uh, the PC then makes another attempt to regain their direction. Uh, they get a 17. They roll a 6 on the Dragon Eye. That brings their success to 11 as a total. 5 on the first one, 6 on this one. They exceed the 10 threshold they needed, so that means they reach their destination after 3 tests, which the GM says, after 3 tests, 4 hours each, took them 12 hours to get, their, to get to their destination. Oof. That's quite a day. That's <laughs> quite a day. And that's, of course, assuming that you guys decided to not stop for food... Or maybe stop for rest or treating wounds. The GM might get pretty yeah, If you're on a horse and there's dark spawn behind you, I don't think you're <laughs> stopping to take a lunch break. I suppose not. Fair enough. So, uh, in terms of uh, time, timekeeping, is another thing that sometimes you'll have to worry about, sometimes you won't. Uh, adventures are going to take place in two types of time progression, which uh, the Dragon Age role-playing game calls narrative and action time. These concepts are not unique to Dragon Age, but they are still worth understanding. So if you get these down, you're probably going to use them in a lot of other role-playing games. Mm -hmm. Narrative time is when you are traveling, talking to people in towns and cities, during most exploration and role-playing encounters. Time tracking doesn't matter for the moment-to-moment -moment actions that the characters are performing, so the GM will simply tell you how much time has passed. You guys don't need to know exactly how much the uh, the guy at the mar at the market who is selling fine dwarven crafts. <laughs> you won't have to... You won't find better. You can track the moment-to-moment -moment interaction of, I will give you this much money. No, that is not enough money. But this uh, narrative time basically means that you guys can get what you need to get done, get back to the action. So you don't actually have to argue with the shopkeeper mm -hmm. for 47 minutes. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so, <laughs> a bit so, much. Some groups do that, and it's, it's fun, and that can be fun, but sometimes you just you need to get back to running away from the dark spot on that horse. Yeah. A lot of darkspawn. So, when those darkspawn catch up to that poor guy on that horse, <laughs> uh, is when we turn on action time. Action time is things things get tense, and who moves first can determine life or death, success or failure, triumph or defeat. When action time begins, the GM will often ask you to roll for initiative, which is a dexterity initiative test, which you make one of those basic ability tests we already talked about. Um, keep the number in mind because the GM is going to take that number and is going to make a list of the people in the encounter by descending order of their initiative results to create what is called an initiative order. So if you roll, uh, so if you roll the highest uh, highest initiative number out of all of your friends who are in the encounter and all the monsters or other NPCs in the encounter, 
then you get to go first. And then the person who had the next highest roll goes after that. Uh, the encounter starts with the character at the top, and then they, they take their actions, and the next person takes their actions. When the last person in the order has taken their turn, we start at the top again. Yep. This continues, and, and this revolves around the, until the encounter is resolved. Each of these rotations is called a round. A round uh, lasts about 15 seconds in the game world. Four rounds is, So four rounds is equal to one minute yeah. in the game and world. And keep in mind that for those of you who are... You know, gung ho three five players or three zero or any of those. This is different for uh, for your standard D twenty systems that base off of three five. It's usually a six second round, so ten rounds is a minute. I keep forgetting that, so just make sure to try to keep that in mind that you when you've got four rounds, that's one minute, and it's very important for spell durations and the like. It's very important. Good to know. Um, on your turn, you get two actions. You can take a major and a minor action. Or you can take two minor actions uh, instead of instead of the standard move, free, swift, immediate, etc. <laughs> um, you just get major and minor actions. What well, a major and a minor, or you can do two minors. All available major and minor actions are on pages fifty and fifty-one of the core book, and there's a quick reference on page four twenty-nine of in the back of the core book that has all the actions listed. I miss five foot stepping. Though. Five foot stepping was kind of nice. Uh, I mean, you don't really need it quite so much in this yeah, game. That's true. Uh, attacking a foe. Uh, if you want to swing your sword, or shoot an arcane lance, or throw a dagger, or shoot a crossbow at, uh, at somebody, you make an ability test like normal, uh, using appropriate abilities and focuses based on the weapon you're using. So if you want to hit somebody with your fist, you make a dexterity brawling test. Uh, or if you want to slash them with the sword, you make a strength heavy blades or a strength light blades test. Wouldn't it be dexterity light blades? Oh yeah, no, no that's right, you're right. Dexterity light blades. I mean, it's... Uh, succeeding on the attack roll, uh, so which means uh, the target number is going to be your opponent's defense, and same goes for you. Someone wants to attack you, they have to hit meet or beat your defense. Um, means that they strike you with their weapon, and they get to roll a damage roll. This roll changes depending on the weapon you're using, and usually has you adding an ability to it as well. It's not quite an ability test, the damage roll is a little different. Um, for example, a Grey Warden strikes a Genlock with a Greatsword. Great swords deal 3d6s of damage, and the warden adds their strength of 4 to the damage, and the foe is going to reduce the damage by their armor rating, the protection that they've got on. Genlock has got a lot of uh, weird mishmash plates uh, uh, lashed to him, so it's going to take a little less damage. The player rolls 11 on the 3d6s, adds 4, and then subjects the armor to just Genlock's armor rating of 5, so the warden deals 10 points of damage to the Genlock. Genlock right. is a type of dark spawn, by the way. Yes. Okay. Those, those guys that he's running away from the horse. Mm-hmm. Woo, victory. He probably found a Grey Warden friend. I that hope. is a good person to have when that's you're a... running away from dark spawn. They're the only people who can not turn into them when they get bit. Oh, that's definitely very helpful. Yes. So you add strength to melee attack rolls with heavy weapons, and you'll add dexterity to light melee weapons and ranged weapons when you're rolling the attack rolls to hit people. Uh, you add strength to uh, for damage rolls. You add strength to melee and thrown weapon damage rolls, and you add perception to range damage rolls with bows and arcane lances. And you you add mag- no, magic to arcane. You lances. add magic to arcane lances. It's correct. true for you mages out there. I just can't hit for you folks who shoot anything that I do. So folks who are attacking the darkness, you add your magic to the damage <laughs> against the darkness. <laughs> Jerks, jerk attacking darkness, darkness. Because you are likely to get hurt during action time and combat encounters and. Some other encounters, plenty of other encounters. The exploration encounters will have pits and things, or have uh, burning buildings. You got to get out of. Mm-hmm. You're going to need to keep track of something called your character's health. Mm-hmm. Health is a number that gives a vague idea of your character's physical well-being. If you know what hit points are, health is essentially those those big red bars that show up on video games. That whenever you get punched, the red bar goes mm-hmm. down. That's your health. If yeah, you take damage, 
Yes. If you take damage, you reduce your health by the amount of damage you took. If your health hits zero, you begin to die. Your character can hold on for two plus constitution rounds before bleeding to death. Once the character dies, they cannot be brought back. Dragon Age has no resurrection. We play, oh. we play for keeps. Not very much. Also, um, keep in mind that it's two plus constitution rounds, but on that final round is the round you die. So if you have, say, a four con, you can hold on for five rounds and still be healed, but at the start of your sixth round, you die. So get somebody to you quickly. Yes, hopefully someone will come to your side. Uh, if you're an enemy's health to zero, typically they die. Uh, GM, typically. <laughs> typically, the GM may decide that an NPC is important enough or strong enough that they get to hold on, state. just like player characters do. Gotcha. Now, if you don't want to kill somebody, you can choose to pull a killing blow at the last moment that would otherwise kill an NPC that leaves them at one health and unconscious. Uh, if you really want to get someone dead, as a major action, you can coup de gras them. You can finish them off, put the blade against their neck, and slice. But you might as well have just killed them in the first place. You might as well have just killed them in the first place, right? <laughs> But if the GM's doing that thing where the NPCs are super oh. important and lying on the ground bleeding out. Yep. But turnabout is fair play. Enemies can do that to you too. Hmm. So There's a reason I play a healer. Mm-hmm. What do you play, Boogles? He's a dark spawn. Alright. If you forget any of this information, you can find it again on page 428 of the Core Rulebook, where they condense all of this info into a single page. Most of the info. Uh, when you resolve encounters, you gain experience. You gain treasures, and you progress the story. When you gain enough experience, you increase in level, growing in, growing in power. As you gain levels, you'll find yourself tackling greater and greater challenges. Yeah. And things get really interesting and really difficult, and sometimes really stupid. I got a level. What's that wing? What's all those wing beatings and fire and fire coming towards me? The GM's been excited. I'll bet. GM's been waiting. I'll bet that's just friendship waiting to happen. Probably what <laughs> that's that a, those is. are hug fires. Hug fire. That's friendly fire. Uh, also, be aware of friendly fire that can happen sometimes. Yes. Yeah. If you got a yeah. crazy mage, especially if you got a crazy mage. Does this make sense so far? I think so, for the most part. It's pretty It's pretty simple for a game. It does, you know, yeah. for, for an RPG, it's pretty streamlined. I mean, it's a lot to take in, theoretically, I'm sure. Yeah. It, sure. I'm sure I would gather it even quicker to be doing it physically. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it seems pretty straightforward. If, yes. uh, you should go back and listen to our uh, character creation episode, mm-hmm. which tells you everything about the best way to create a character, and we even do it with you. And then I can go to Hero Forge. And then you can make your character on Hero Forge. Woo! That's a good time. So, in review, ability tests. Roll 3d6s, add your ability, add the focus bonus if you have it. That means that you succeed or you fail. If you roll roll doubles, you get stun points. You can spend those on doing cool stuff. And there's a lot of stun points out there. Um... There's a lot of, I guess there's technically, theoretically, an infinite number of stun points. Yes, but, but there are many stuns that you can do with 37, your stun 39 points. stuns. <laughs> I'm sure we will cover those. Yes. Uh, the Dragon Knight tells you how well you succeeded at a task. If you do an opposed test, you are rolling against the GM. If you're doing an advanced test, you will perform the same test multiple times to see how long it takes you to complete that test. Action time is usually when combat takes place, but sometimes, maybe like if you guys are... I mean, like during an exploration encounter, if you guys are locked in a room that's filling with water, that we got to figure out what's going on. Either way, back mm-hmm. to 
summation. Yes, you'll be rolling dexterity Same. initiative to keep uh, to keep the order going. Um, attack rolls are also ability tests. Damage rolls are slightly different. You'll look at the, da- the kind of weapon that you're using. And let's see, your health determines how long you get to live. How long you get to live. Uh, if you hit zero, you begin to die. If you die, you're gone. Yeah, try not to die. So those are the most basic building blocks. You. Yeah, yes. No. Yeah, hopefully you've uh, mastered that motivation in your own life. <laughs> Ideally. We hope so. We do. We like you guys. So those. <laughs> Sorry. I think we've covered everything we need to. I think that's it, yeah. It feels like it went so by so fast. There's so much more to talk about. But that's what we got all you those always, other episodes about. If we just left you here by yourself, you would go on for <laughs> about go six on. hours and we would find you after, the, like, in the next morning, you'd be dead from lack of breath. And the recording would still be going. It would. <laughs> but it would be a dang cool episode. I wonder if you'd keel over or if your hard drive would fill up. <laughs> Which one would happen first? first? Constitution test. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those are the basics of the Dragon Age role-playing game. The game continues on for many more pages, but... These are the tools that you will be using to master the game and becoming the greatest heroes that Thetis has ever known. Too late. We're already doing that over here. These guys are already doing it. Alright, so thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, Oh no, outros again. uh I still don't have one because I gave you yours. (laughs) You can use mine if you like. No, I just want to complain about it. Well, my outro is... (laughs) This is Ren wishing you guys lots of of sixes on that dragon die. (sighs) This outro nonsense. Yeah. Now this outro is a sigh. (laughs) (laughs) Long suffering sigh. (laughs) And I'm Natalie and I get no outro because this is the end of my career in this podcast. (laughs) As far as we know. (laughs) Maybe she will make a uh, Until I know more. Surprise return. (laughs) You'll come back armed with a character sheet and a miniature (laughs) from Hero Forge. I will just forever be your voice of ignorance. (laughs) It'll be good. So what does this mean? And how do I do that? <laughs> Natalie's outro. What am I playing again? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for so much for uh, letting us entertain you with our dulcet tones. You folks That's all have a great are. day. That's exactly what they are. <laughs> you folks have a great day. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Bye bye. You know, Fenris, I have a tattoo. You have a what? A tattoo. A lot of us got them before Ostagar. It's a Mabari, for strength. Does it curse you with the ability to reach into a man and tear out his insides? Uh, I can make it bark. Please don't. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the post-show, the One is the Fatest podcast. So, we are finished with our episode. We've talked about everything we're going to talk about. Our topic, our uh, our codexes, our... If, you're done, if you don't want to hear us blather about things that aren't Dragon Age, you can turn us off now. That's probably okay. Yes. We won't be offended. We will yeah, not be As far as you know. Vaguely relevant, right? Like, yeah. uh, well, I was, was going to talk Dragon about Chow. Oh, okay. <laughs> we might talk about Dragon Age, but I have a feeling we're probably going to talk about Chow. Yeah. I, I, I know who's in the room. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, we've probably mentioned this at least once, but Ren and I met because we are giant Sonic fans, and I would. I what kind of cousin that. would I have been had I not passed on the love of Sonic to my younger cousin? And so we uh, <laughs> we have been playing Sonic games together since she was two years old and I unplugged her controller and played for her and told her she was winning. Well, we'll put it this way. Jessica fell in love with Sonic two years before I was born. It's true. So I never had a chance to not know the glory that was Sonic. 
It's true. Also, when Darn. we were little, you would imitate me exactly, and so it was very much like having my own tails. Oh, yeah. kind of cool. Yep. Now you just make fun of me. Forever player two. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> sorry about that. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, you have a husband now. You two can duke it out for player one. Yeah. Yep. Well, at this point, when we play, especially uh, Sonic Adventure 2, which is our favorite, when we play the... Uh, the two-player mode, mm-hmm. it's its not even... It's more just luck, because the skill levels are so exact that it pretty much just means who gets to the choke point first. Yep. And doesn't glitch on the way there, because <laughs> as much as I love that game, boy, does it have a lot of glitches. Oh, because. but they show up in the best way in the <laughs> Chow Gardens. Uh-huh. Uh, that one time when I made a chow that nothing but two-dimensional triangles that, and had two one pair of eyes, and every time you pet it, one eye would raise slightly up above and then <laughs> off the screen. Oh, my gosh. It's terrifying. Was well, it, like, normal-colored, or...? Yeah, it was normal-colored. pretty... Chow, boring. by the way, are these little, are, like, fake A-life creatures that look like little water blobs that you, uh... With pudgy bodies. With pudgy bodies, and you give them animals, and they level up, and... You put them in races, and you can make them punch each other sometimes. And they learn different things and do cute dances. They do. It's it's one of those things that's not interesting to a whole lot of people, but for those of us who like them, it's a thing. They're they're addicting and they are time consuming for people who should be out adulting. It's so yeah. adorable. They're so cute. But anyway, you can do some really cool things with the gene- the genetics. Of that is one of the best show. things. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we've been playing God for way too long. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Jessie here has made hundreds upon hundreds of chow in her time. I have within the past uh, couple half hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. hey, not the past half hour. We've been pl- we've been doing this for the last half hour. There you go. You know. I guess that's fair. <laughs> the last half hour that wasn't this. There you go. Sure. Um, I wasn't talking about. Shut that up. Either. That's why. But yeah. Uh-huh. So in order to stay interesting and not run out of ideas, yes. she likes to theme her gardens, and so she's already mostly completed a garden of. Completely of the God Chow. Yeah, perfect immortal God Chow. Yep, and twenty-four uh, of them. Jeez. And we tend to get slap happy when we're together, so we have we decided do. to take advantage of the kind of glitchy genetic miracle that is <laughs> invisible Chow, where they are essentially floating mm. eyeballs and wings, wings, a dot, and then perhaps a smile, depending on the facial expression. Maybe. We've been basically giving them hats that are trash to put on, and so we just have an entire garden full of walking trash. It's, it's just floating objects, and it's just awesome. So, I'm, I'm very it's, pleased. It's definitely with something. So we've got like a melon that crawls across the floor and a stump that hops around. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. We have big hollow eyes in them. <laughs> uh, Seeing eternity. It's gonna learn how the trash will learn how to do things. Yep. Eventually, like some trash will breathe fire, and some will just roll slowly away from you on the floor. And I will play maracas. <laughs> yeah, maracas. The and what it? What is the? Will sing to you. It does. What's the genetic combination that makes the invisible? Oh. You have to have a shiny chow and a jewel chow. <laughs> we should do a podcast about chow. <laughs> no one will listen to it. But boy, will we have a lot to talk about. Oh, it would be so great. Oh, man. I keep hey, coming yeah, up man. with different ideas for uh, podcasts that I need to do. Like one with Logan where coffee we just get complain. coffee and we complain about everything. <laughs> just complain about what's going on in our lives. Yeah, but you would you would wear out people's attention span. <laughs> I will bet you there is exactly one person listening <laughs> to that is Ren because he is editing this thing. Yeah, well. 
Well, uh, that's one more viewer than you thought you'd have. <laughs> yeah, I'm a listener. Yay for matrimony! <laughs> yeah, you have to listen to me. I I'm have married. To. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh, bonus close. points for anybody who isn't Ren that has been listening for this long. We love you. We do. We you should do. come play chow with us sometime. Except you can't because it's uh, the internet. Everybody just bring TVs into our little into our little condo. Yeah, <laughs> the entire so internet. Let's do this. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what I do. Those <laughs> portable like, but hey, laptop. You're not the whole internet. Screen. Sometimes I feel like it. Sometimes I feel so internally conflicted. I could be. You could be the, the whole, whole internet. internet. There are some parts of the internet that I don't necessarily want to be part of my identity. <sighs> well, amen to that. <sighs> Uh, I want Chinese food. We said we were going to do that. Yeah, we should do that Chinese food thing. Thank you guys. For those of you who are still listening, thank you so much. This is literally just about Chow. There was nothing of value for you here. I don't know why you stuck around. Unless you share fandoms, in which case we need to meet. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, if you did listen this long and you happen to be a fan of Sonic Adventure 2, you should totally let us know. You should let us know in the... Uh, let us know in the comments if you want on the blog post. Uh, you will be making a thread post for this episode on the Green Ronin forums and on yep. the Bioware forums. Let us know if you're a fan <laughs> of Sonic Adventure 2 because then Natalie and I will come find you. And I meant that way less creepy than it came out. I meant more like the, hey, we're going to be friends and it's going to be great. But I guess that just sort of came out in a stalkery way, so I guess do this at your own risk. Hydra IPs. <laughs> <laughs> you can also send an email to Wonders of Thetis Podcast at gmail.com if you like, and I might read it. Or you could, you know, send an email about relevant stuff. I'll, yeah, also that'd be email. even better. Or you, you know, could be completely put off by the creepy, creepy people that are talking right now and decide not to send us any sort of message. Hopefully, if if you're more of that variety, you stopped listening way before now. Oh, yeah. We should probably no cut way. this off before we dig, it, dig our hole any deeper. No, yeah. probably. Chinese food. Let's, Let's go. go. Right okay. now. Thank you for listening. Bye. Goodbye. Have a good night. Ha-ha. Ciao.